Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Clone Wars Report. Dun, dun. 
<laughs> so very excited uh, to see what noise Ken would make this time. And uh, was that some CSI drums? I think it was as best as I can do. I don't have the skills to do hundred percent accuracy. But. CSI Law and Order, uh, some procedural drums, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. We almost cut to the break, cut to the commercial right here at the <laughs> beginning of our podcast. Well, you can tell that there are expansive influences in Star Wars by the noises that Ken makes at the beginning. We are in a crime procedural question mark. Other influences going on is we are getting into a very big, very important important arc in the Clone Wars, and I would argue the general saga of the Jedi. Anyway, mm. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person who is making those wonderful noises is Ken Nabsock. Ken, are you ready to dive into uh, what I'm calling Ahsoka's big choice? Uh, uh, absolutely. Been waiting for this one, uh, and it's so funny. Season five has been a lot of us saying, I've been waiting to get into these episodes, and sometimes that's the Mieber Gascon of it all, and other times it's this big giant arc which is way deeper than i remember which is saying some because it's already pretty deep yeah no i mean i think all of season five is great and, and there's definitely some explorations that aren't about <laughs> decay and collapse in the end but you can just really get this sense as you get into it of like okay uh we're wrapping this up <laughs> things <laughs> yes. things gotta happen things gotta mm -hmm. happen uh, so there's a lot of happening in season five. The arc that we're talking about in particular is the last four episodes of season five. So we're talking season five, episode 17, Sabotage, written by Charles Murray and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. Season five, episode 18, The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, written by Charles Murray and directed by Danny Keller. Season five, episode 19, To Catch a Jedi, written by Charles Murray and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. And season five, episode 20, The Wrong Jedi, written by Charles Murray and directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, this was really fun to watch, Ken. As I was watching them and writing down the notes, I was like, okay, this is following the pattern of season five of large arcs with the same writer and different directors. And then I'm sure I knew at some point that The Wrong Jedi was directed by Filoni and it makes sense, mm. but there were just some shots and I was like getting to know Filoni as a director. And like, oh, right, right. This one is directed by Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Yeah, did you remember that going in? Did you uh, appreciate the Filoni direction? Um, I yeah, I, I was waiting for it. If that makes sense, I was just like, I, yeah, which one did he do? Did he do? Oh, well, yeah, you know, but he's he's good. Pass he has to pass that director ball around Clone Wars. He's probably got so much on his plate. But uh, yes, I mean, come on, it's Ahsoka. You know, as he should be protective of Ahsoka. Want to want to do what he needs to do? I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And even though uh, it was obviously written by Charles Murray, uh, there yes. is that sort of co-authorship. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with directors and it's some great stuff in Delo for Filoni's direction that isn't just uh, direction and writing. It isn't just about like, um, you know, shots or angles or whatever, although those are there. But there's this real uh, feeling of this dance between specificity and amb ambiguity of like he knows right when he's going for a moment that that's going to land like a boom, like a dun dun, like the drums you made. And other times yeah. where there's lots of room to interpret, which. I think it's just fun to think about is we're going to go into some more uh, uh, Ahsoka storytelling in live action. Uh, any other thoughts on writers, directors before we jump into the summary? Uh, can I, I, uh, I do want to highlight Charles Murray who just killed it with these episodes. And it's one of those uh, names you don't hear a lot associated with star Wars. Uh, he would go on to do some work with sons of anarchy, a show. I know a lot of people love I, I uh, appreciate it. Didn't watch it all as, as a lot of other people did, but, it just, uh, I love uh, love celebrating this new name, and I, I just was blown away by so many little things in these episodes when, when you start to break them down. So, you know, 
writer. You're you're big you're a big writer, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> I, I occasionally put a pen down at the paper. It's a tip of a cap to uh, Charles Murray. I think that's great that you highlighted him. I think there's a ton that is great in these uh, in, in these episodes structurally and just uh, line by line and just tone. Uh, it, obviously, yeah. that goes to direction, too. But just even on the page, it was uh, there were some things that were silly adjacent, but this was very focused yeah. <laughs> on yeah. the business at hand. So great, yeah. great job by Charles Murray. Uh, let, with that, let's dive into the summary, which, again, is not short. Here we go. Business on Kaido Nomodia. Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka Tano lead a daring attack against Separatist forces, but Anakin Starfighter is overrun by buzz droids and he's knocked unconscious. Ahsoka proves her growth, strength, and bond with her Jedi Master when she saves him from certain doom. Before her heroes can rejoin the fight, they're called back to the Jedi Temple. A hangar in the temple has been bombed, killing many clones, Jedi, and civilian maintenance workers. The council tasks Anakin and Ahsoka to investigate as they were not at the temple during the incident. They are some of the only Jedi above suspicion. Under this cloud of mistrust, Anakin and Ahsoka team with the detective droid Russo ISC, crime scene analyzer for the Jedi. They quickly discover one worker, Jakar Bomani, is missing and suspect that he is the bomber. But when they find only his hand crawling with explosive nanodroids, they realize he was the bomb. He was fed the nanobots by his wife, Leda Termond, who attempts and fails to evade capture. It appears as though this clears Jedi from any involvement, but Yoda and Mace Windu suspect Leda's motivation stems from the growing disapproval of the Jedi and their involvement in the Clone War. After a brief funeral for the fallen Jedi, our heroes are shocked to discover Admiral Wilhoff Tarkin has moved Leda Termond from Jedi holding to a Republic prison. As clones and civilians were killed, Tarkin insists this is not an internal Jedi matter. Ahsoka bonds with her old friend and fellow Padawan Barriss Offee. They reflect on the fear they felt during the Second Battle of Geonosis and the struggle to move past their emotions to see things clearly. Before they can conclude their conversation, Ahsoka is called away. Leda has requested to see her. Ahsoka meets with the criminal in her cell where Leda admits she believes the Jedi have become warmongers, but she is not the true mastermind. Before she can reveal the fearsome foe behind this plot, she is force choked by an unseen hand. Ahsoka is imprisoned for the crime. Anakin attempts to see her but is blocked by the Coruscant guard. Meanwhile, a keycard is left outside Ahsoka's room. She escapes only to discover wounded and dead clones. The clones blame Ahsoka and give chase. Anakin intervenes, attempting to bring Ahsoka in peacefully to explain herself. He catches up with his Padawan in a sewer pipe. He begs her to come with him, but Anakin is convinced, or Ahsoka is convinced, unlike Anakin, that the other Jedi will not believe her innocence. She is determined to clear her name herself, so she leaps from the pipe into the depths of Coruscant. On the run, Ahsoka contacts her friend Barris, who promises to dig for information. Ahsoka is pursued by the lower-level Coruscant security forces and eventually captured by an old enemy, Asajj Ventress. In her new life, as a bounty hunter, Asajj is excited to collect the reward. But Ahsoka argues that the two share common ground. Both have been rejected by their orders. Ahsoka offers to secure a pardon for Asajj's crimes. Asajj agrees, and Ahsoka once again contacts Barris, who instructs Ahsoka to head for a warehouse Leta visited when securing the nanodroids. Pursued by clones, Anakin, and Plo Koon, Ahsoka makes it to the warehouse, parting ways with Ventress, but not before Anakin spots the two old rivals together. Asajj is jumped by a mysterious figure who steals her lightsabers and helmet. 
Masquerading as Asajj, the mystery figure brutally attacks Ahsoka in the warehouse, leaving her bruised and confused in front of a massive and incriminating pile of nanodroids. Ahsoka is caught by the clones and taken into custody. Targan demands that Ahsoka must be tried by the Republic, but to make that possible, the Council must expel her from the Jedi Order. Though the vote is not unanimous, the Council believes there is too much evidence to ignore. Ahsoka's Padawan braid is removed. She is a Jedi no more. Valiant Republic Senator Padme Amidala volunteers to defend Ahsoka in her trial. The prosecutor, Tarkin, pushes for the death penalty. Determined to prove his friend's innocence, Anakin stalks and chokes Asajj. The beleaguered bounty hunter spits the truth. She did not frame Ahsoka, and whoever did took Asajj's lightsabers. Asajj remembers the only person Ahsoka talked to, Barriss. Anakin rushes to the Jedi Temple and confronts Barriss, swinging at her with her own blade, forcing Barriss to defend herself with Asajj's stolen crimson blades. Anakin and Barriss battle down the halls and onto the terrace of the temple, startling Terra Sanube and some younglings who recently built their lightsabers. With furious power, Anakin subdues Barriss, smashing her into the Uneti tree. Just as Ahsoka's verdict is about to be read, Anakin bursts into the court. Barriss Offi admits her crime and her motivation. The attack on the temple was her attack on what the Jedi have become. Violent soldiers fighting an unwitting war for the dark side. Ahsoka is finally freed. The council apologizes and Mace Windu declares this to be her Jedi trial. But when Anakin attempts to return her Padawan braid, Ahsoka refuses. Following her out of the temple, Anakin begs her to reconsider, reminding her he never lost faith in her. Ahsoka is thankful but steadfast. She can't trust the council or herself and needs to find her own path forward. Anakin says he understands the desire to walk away from the Order. Ahsoka says, I know, and walks away from the temple into the unknown. For now. So there we go. That's our summary of the few things that happened in this arc. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, yeah, Terrace Nube uh, is, is still one of my favorite parts of this. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm laughing, but yeah, great summary as always, but like I'm laughing at the, just the, man, the hubris on the Jedi at the end of this. Can't wait to discuss that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mesa's, it turns out it was a trial. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Is pretty great on multiple levels, and yes, I was delighted. Uh, I forgot how much Tara was. Uh, Tara Snubey was in this in the background. Yeah. I forgot that uh, that he ignited the old saber cane, which always makes me happy. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I'm sensing that you enjoy this arc, Ken. That you're not like this is one of the yeah. poor ones. But uh, so, <laughs> what was your overall reaction? Love it, like it, struggle with it. Sometimes we talk about our, our past relationships. Where do you go? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, always have loved it. Always will. In fact, we'll probably appreciate it even more, especially when you get to revisit it. Uh, you know, w- you know, with the, the Trace Rafa stuff so strongly connected to it. And mm-hmm. I was just looking at what Charles Murray wrote those episodes too. Uh, he's got his hands on Star Wars, my friends. Uh, I, I, it was great to revisit it. I mentioned up top, this is clearly deep. Uh, we all remember the Ahsoka leaving the Order. It, it, it's it's powerful. It's one of the best moments in Star Wars, as, as heartbreaking as it is. But when you really go pre- uh, you know, revisit this arc. That's that's just this the the topic sentence, right? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. The Ahsoka leaves stuff. There's so much going on there, um, and I kind of see these four episodes as tracking the. It's not just the maturation of Ahsoka, which is is definitely there, and you even said it in your uh, summary of just you know she's proven her powers and who she is and 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 her connections, and it's real, uh, real real signpost of growth. But it's um. Uh, the cost of, of, of the wars rising and it's kind of the maturation of the show itself uh, because I kind of see the first episode as it's kind of got a traditional 
Star Wars fighting and banter, which is very intentional. And it's got uh, the, the criminal minds, CSI parody stuff, not parody, but, you know, yeah. taken in, in influence from it. Even this droid is built off of uh, it's, it's a model after David Caruso, <laughs> CSI Miami. <laughs> yeah, um, sunglasses and everything. Yeah, the glasses coming up and down. And so it goes from that and then just gets darker and bigger. And the scope uh, of, of these episodes just is, is just large scale. And that's the show itself. So I just kind of see it's a great uh, it's a great Clone Wars arc for all those reasons. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love what you're saying. And I love how much you're pointing out the beginning. I think the uh, there's always been this tension in Star Wars, but in the Clone Wars in particular, of sometimes the action is fun, uh, thrilling, like, look, it's uh, spaceships and robots and laser swords. And it is fun and thrilling. And and it's communicated that way. And then sometimes it's like, but here is the dark truth of violence and war. Mm-hmm. And I love that this arc starts by, hey, it looks like it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Banter and action. And then right away it gets darker. Like, oh, Anakin's really in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and Ahsoka's powerful enough to save him. And now let's look what's truly going on underneath. Like, uh, I think what I love about this arc of uh, is all of the, you know, incredibly important stuff about the Jedi Order and the Republic and Ahsoka that we're going to dive deep into. Um, but it is shadowy and sad. It has so many uh, film noir vibes and themes from, you know, nihilism, selfishness, uh, multiple views uh, of like actually well-developed complex uh, versions of, uh, you know, stereotypical femme fatales. Uh, mm-hmm. lightning storms uh, but all of it has this uh, sense of we are crawling into what is underneath mm-hmm. um, you know I think it's significant that it, it, it's an homage the Star Wars loves homages uh, it, it's significant to me that all of the titles are Hitchcock films mm-hmm. or, or riffs on them right um, yeah. with the replacing uh, Jedi with other nouns uh, and sometimes that stuff is just kind of like a, a fun nod but I yeah. feel like a lot of what Hitchcock is about uh, many of his films, especially some of his more famous ones is the same as what's going on in this arc of it is dealing in the subterranean. like what is underneath literally Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what is Mm -hmm. underneath emotionally Um, North by Northwest is not one of the titles that's, that's checked uh, but because that would have been a a weird one to try to work in (laughs) Jedi by Jedi West, (laughs) Jedi by Jedi West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's got that theme of questioning your identity. You know, what mm-hmm. what propels that movie is, you know, a case of mistaken identity that is so thorough that it starts to make you question reality, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like that is not, Ahsoka isn't, or, or, you know, questioning her identity. She isn't getting quite to that level of, did I do this? But that's on the right. table because of the amount of just, subterranean mm-hmm. what is underneath even starting with the image of the buzz droids <laughs> yeah, being underneath yeah. anakin's ship and there's that moment uh, uh where mace windu is he, he's saying a factual thing and i don't think it's necessarily meant to be a uh, a thematic statement but it it hit me that way where they're talking about pursuing uh ahsoka and mace windu says now she's in the lower depths and like <laughs> i know you literally mean the planet but like i feel like to me that's like one of the <laughs> statements of what this arc is now she's yeah. in the lower depths and we all are it's so funny you wrote uh, there was another mace quote that was one of those means a lot whether you meant to say that or not when he says so far out of our way just <laughs> we, it's, oh we can't understand it yeah 
Yeah. yeah, no, just that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the writing is really sharp because just that, yep. it, it, that little exchange too of like, mm-hmm. well, uh, here we, there's all these neutral planets we have to go around because nobody mm-hmm. wants this war. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, any other kind of big picture reactions uh, to the to the arc? Uh, no, no. I mean, like, very well said there, sir. Just, yeah, I love track. And uh, it, it's, I, I wrote down this very, this is the most insightful note I've, I've ever written down, Joseph. Important arc. Wrote that down. <laughs> very important arc. Very important. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, another thing that I love about this arc is just that we get to spend a lot of time in the Jedi Temple and just kind of mm-hmm. Jedi structure, just kind of like how they conduct things on a day-to-day mm-hmm. level, which I always love. So thrilled mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to, I'm sure we'll dive in deeper, but I wanted to talk about right at the beginning. I feel like one of the things with this arc is that fans have different interpretations, different memories of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're always open to different interpretations and we're discussing ours, but rewatching this arc for me really reinforced an opinion that this story is not that Ahsoka stopped being a Jedi. Right. This story is that the Jedi lost their mm. way and Ahsoka mm. at the end is questioning, maybe the Jedi have lost their way. Maybe mm. I shouldn't be in lockstep with them. Maybe I should take a step back to look at things myself. Yeah. This is not, in my opinion, um, her going, the Jedi are always wrong. They've been wrong. I'm not a Jedi. Boo to Jedi. This feels to me <laughs> like her saying, uh, like she said at one point in the arc, that the Jedi values are sacred to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what her leaving is, is not rejecting everything she's ever believed in. It's needing to find her own path back to being a Jedi. Um, part of the reason I bring that up is there's been so much conversation around that line in Rebels where she says, I am no Jedi. And then people mm-hmm. questioning the Mandalorian episode that's titled The Jedi, where Ahsoka... Uh, you know, does seem to have have taken up the mantle. And so I think there can be a lot of opinions about mm-hmm. is it is Ahsoka a Jedi or isn't she? And to me, right. this arc is about, yes, she absolutely is. She does a very Jedi thing of the Jedi organization is, is losing the path. Maybe I am. I'm going to step away and I'm going to yeah. redefine what a Jedi is to me. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, hundred percent. I can't wait to dive in a little bit more to that. I, I, I think it's so easy to dump this into the uh, Jedi are completely wrong bucket. Um, yeah, and that happens more and more. But it's which is okay. And I think these episodes, like you, they they ask some questions. We love when Clone Wars and Star Wars ask questions, and the answers are a little open. That's totally great, and I think there's a lot to that. But yes, uh, justice. It's not just about justice for the Jedi. It's just like actually paying attention to what's there. If that sounds a little brash and uh, and and uh, arrogant, I apologize. But just like no, look at look at what actually is going on and what actually is being said. Yeah, yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. So let's dive into the morals mm. of the episode. Four episodes, mm. four morals. Uh, they are sometimes even the smallest doubt can shake the greatest belief. Uh, courage begins by trusting oneself. Never become desperate enough to trust the untrustworthy, and never give up hope, no matter how dark things seem. Uh, <laughs> None of these strike me as really great baseball ones, uh, but uh, your baseball coaching <laughs> often comes up. So uh, please yeah. tell me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. You got absolutely. Sometimes even the smallest stock can shake the greatest belief. Fair uh, enough. That's, that's a good a, one. That, yeah, yeah. You, you get in that batter's box. You, you know that you, you've done the work to take the swing you need to take. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, but I, I really love the courage begins uh, by trusting oneself. 
I, that, that just spoke to me outside of Star Wars of just, you know, when you want to do something and you're not sure you want to try something in your career and it, it's a, it's about going, all right, I'm gonna, I know I can do this or no, I can try. And I know I can survive any failure uh, of that attempt too. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and that's just on a small, you know, micro level of, of what courage can be on a daily basis. But, um, I, I really, yeah, I love that one. That's a big Star Wars one too, uh, I think. But, and then I, I got to tell you, I, uh, the never become de- desperate enough to trust the untrustworthy. That one popped up and I knew it was the Ventress episode, right? That we're, and I got really mm-hmm. offended. It's like, you, 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 no, 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 no. Ventress isn't untrustworthy. And I realized, ah, oh, probably more Barris. Yep. Probably more Barris. Look at me. Let's actually pay attention. So yeah, I love that one too. I like that one because it it mirrors some of the things happening in the uh, episode. It makes you uh, question who you should trust. Like, oh, who are they talking about? Like, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is about yeah. bears. Uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. And that also seems like uh, that one that, I, you know, I understand um, <laughs> people in, in the industry writing that one. Of, uh, <laughs> never become desperate enough to trust the untrustworthy. Use your instincts. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. know know who to trust, and then uh, never give up hope, no matter how dark things seem. That's a pretty classic Star Wars one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it is. Any other thoughts on the morals before we dive into the big ideas? No, let's dive in. A lot to get to. All right, let's talk themes. What big ideas are at stake in these episodes? Um, uh, I'm very curious to see how how you process this. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think it. it, it going through it all it's it's very much about trust and fear <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but how do you combine those things how do they how do you process those things yeah. how how did you kind of uh, um ma- make it make sense to you the themes yeah I, I, absolutely oh wow yeah, so many stuff. i i i i broke some of them down by episodes uh, you know but then overall i looked at um there's this theme of finding yourself, which is you could just see on the surface of Ahsoka. You talk about the identity thing, and it's not so much a crisis, but finding who you are. And that um, becomes value, uh, valuable. Uh, I put this note of when you're rattled by the systems in place to protect you. And there's examples given even as episodes of Dooku and Krell. We see Barris. We didn't throw Saw Gerrera in there eventually where, where it's okay to question these things. But I think you really have to know who you are. And this is Ahsoka finding that out. Um, and then, and that comes a lot of, you talk about fear and trust. Uh, that means there's leaps of faith. There's literal leaps of faith in this episode <laughs> uh, with Ahsoka. Uh, Anakin needs to k- kind of take a leap of faith to believe Ahsoka. And the Jedi, when given the opportunity to take a leap of faith, which by the way, Obi-Wan says, we should all maybe support Ahsoka here. Let's stand with her. Uh <laughs> They don't take that leap as a group. And that comes down to choices and uh, choices being so big in Star Wars. Uh, you and I love talking about uh, Star Wars destiny and, and, and the path that uh, leads you to, and these, these choices and man, uh, how do you, do you make a, a choice out of trust with uh, the spirit of uh, hope uh, to build, not destroy Or do you make a choice out of fear, even though your choices might come from a very realistic point, Barris, Afi absolutely has valid points. We know this. We're going to dive into it. She has real issues and she chooses to react without hope. And, and I want to pause here and make sure I'm saying Star Wars. I don't think Star Wars ever intends to intentionally stand on the side and tell you they have the, that Star Wars has the moral high ground, right? That like, Barris, bad choice. It's, it's supposed to be difficult. And, and it's not, um, 
you know, if there's anything in your life where you're like, uh, well, you know, I might've made a similar choice to Barris. Star Wars isn't telling you that's wrong. It's just saying, here's, here's what some of the, that fear to anger, to hate, to suffering thing it could be, right? This is the direction it can go. So find out who you really are through all of this uh, is where I started. That's just the start, I guess. Yeah, no, there's uh, so much to discuss. And I think that's a, a really great start. And I, I really started in a similar place. I mean, with Barris being right. Um, mm-hmm about what's happening behind the scene scenes, but being um, wrong. Uh, I'll, I'll be that bold to say yeah. <laughs> bombing the, the temple and murdering people mm-hmm. to make an ambiguous point uh, mm-hmm. t- toward, you know, to the general public uh, is, is wrong. Uh, so if you're starting from this point of people uh, can e- be even correct about analyzing a problem, mm-hmm. so much of what I- the morality of star Wars is, I think is about asking people to, uh, really question the actions that you take that affect yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that idea of starting from like, well, a lot of people can be in the wrong. There can be a lot of problems, but we have choices, individuals, how we respond to the events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, the big picture uh, idea is trust versus fear. We talk a lot about hope versus fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, trust the way it's described in in this arc is about trusting yourself trusting your intuition uh trusting yourself to question i think that's the big thing that's missing mm-hmm. from everybody who makes a mistake it's because they don't slow down to question mm. and the reason they don't slow down to question is fear uh i think russo isc has this great uh thematic statement where he says fear makes even the most trusting mm. individual irrational right and I think that's so important when you're talking about fear in Star Wars because uh, there's there's rational concern, right? There's the, um, I, I would be concerned if I were in a cage with a bear. That's rational concern, right? right, right. Fear would be, maybe I shouldn't leave my house because there might be a bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and it's that fear of what might happen, fear of what could be. Oh no, the worst thing I can imagine might be right around the corner. And if you live in that and sit in that, it, it erodes so much, including your ability to question, your ability to trust. And, mm-hmm. and the way I broke it down is I feel like that's what's happening to the Jedi Council, to Ahsoka, mm-hmm. to Barris, to all of these kind of featured characters is fear is eating their ability to trust and question. And look, this is uh, so much uh, Ahsoka's arc. We will not uh, move to push her off that uh, uh, top of the line building there. But uh, Anakin, if he had learned any of this, <laughs> and been able to question and change and, and have um, the trust to take his own bigger leaps of faith, I don't think he would have acted out of fear and the galaxy's in a different spot. Um, yeah, we know, no. it, you know. This is one of the greatest episodes for uh, what I was thinking of the uh, Anakin irony quote collection, right? Which is <laughs> totally on purpose, uh, I think. Um, yeah. I wanted to dive into the the Jedi Council a little bit um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think ah- Ahsoka is the main character, but I honestly think the other main character is the Council yeah. um, because, uh, and I think the re- one of the reasons this arc is important is. Uh, we talk a lot about how uh, fear Palpatine manipulates uh, characters into get, into making decisions out of fear mm-hmm. and it breaks them, right? It, that's Anakin is afraid to lose Padme. What will happen to him if he loses Padme? What will happen to him, to him if he doesn't have enough power? Uh, he gets the entire 
republic to be afraid of the scary other, the separatists. What will happen if they don't give all their power to Palpatine? What will happen if they don't raise an army? And I think that same fear, kind mm-hmm. of a fear-based manipulation, happens to the Jedi Council. And I think we see it in this episode. We see mm-hmm. all the things they fear, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're starting to fear their own. Uh, yeah. Mace even says, you know, we can't trust anyone who's here, even a Jedi. Um, they are they have started to lose some of their own as Anakin points out of uh, Dooku and Pong Krell. And that is really making them start to kind of have this suspicion of like behind every Jedi might be a traitor, <laughs> you know, right. they're, they're afraid of uh, the people turning against them. May says public opinion is swaying against the Jedi. The war is becoming less and less popular every day. It persists. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're afraid of kind of losing their stature uh, or, or what the people think of them. Uh, I think a big practical one is they are afraid of being seen as too challenging toward the Senate. Um, Mm. Like Mm -hmm. their, their worst decision in this episode, in my opinion, to, to expel Ahsoka without questioning the evidence. Uh, Mace has this quote when Obi-Wan's like, we can't expel her from the order. Uh, And Mace says, I understand your sentiment, Obi-Wan, but if the council does, as you suggest, it could be seen as an act of aggression against the Senate. And I think yeah. that is one of the big maneuvers that uh, that Palpatine does that you can track through the actual films and it pops up in the Clone Wars of the Jedi have this, to me, noble pursuit of like, we don't want to grab for power. We want to use the power that we have to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Palpatine knows that he can exploit that of like, I, I can push them really far and have the Senate do things they really disagree with and demand things they really don't want. And it will tie them up in knots because they don't want to go against the Senate because that will be seen as or perceived as power grabbing. Uh, yeah. And that's that's how he stops them from investigating him more closely yeah. than they should have, you know, throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's happening mm-hmm. here again. He's getting them to do things that they do not believe in uh, mm-hmm. for fear of of you know, not trusting themselves, right? Of not trusting mm-hmm. that they're on the right path of like, we could be perceived by others outside of ourselves as, as power grabbing. Yeah. I, I consider it. I'm glad you brought up the Mace moment. I, I, it really jumped out to me is just kind of, uh, and this goes into our discussion of the bigger themes a, a little bit at times, uh, the larger Star Wars story, but like what George's whole point was. And it wasn't, um, it's, it's a small moment of fear, right? Yeah. And, and you know, the, you said it yourself, they're about to, uh, they don't know it yet. They're about to begin the biggest investigation of uh, all time. Who is the Sith Lord behind all this? Yeah. And here's a template. And that line that Tarkin has, uh, um, he, he kind of, uh, you know, in defending Palpatine, he's like, you know, Palpatine doesn't do anything without a sense of strategy, right? I, I didn't write that one down, but just like yeah. more than even Tarkin knows. And there's, there's uh, you know, a great discussion on how much does Tarkin know? Uh, and then uh, I, I think we all can argue. I don't know how it, 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 Tarkin cares. He's here for his own power, his or his own growth. And Palpatine serves that. And he's just going to fall in line. He just is happy to see the Jedi get their place. Tarkin, I love in, in, in the third episode, Tarkin just doesn't give a damn about the Jedi's opinions. Um, and I'm not rooting for Tarkin here, but I'm just saying like it's it's an interesting telling thing that comes out of this. That's why. The, so the Jedi are walking on eggshells. Walking mm-hmm. on broken glass here, like a good Annie Lennox song. And uh, and that is these small bits of fear adding up to these bigger decisions. And it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah and to me, it, it, it is really powerful because it's that a loss of, of faith in yourself and in your own beliefs, right? Of mm-hmm. being able to say, well, we think that is wrong, 
but it, it, it uh, I'm trying not to go into real world politics stuff yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. but it is it is you know unlock it from any specific issue, but it is that idea of I know what I am trying to pursue is correct, or I know what, what is being asked of me is not okay, but I'm not worried about the actual thing. I'm worried about what other people will say, <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the people will will play the game that that is, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll make it, make it, yeah, anyway, I, I'm trying not to talk about real world stuff and I'm failing, so I'm going to move on. Uh, <laughs> well, one, I, yeah, sorry, yeah, no, I, yeah, to, to pick up like with the, from the Tarkin side of it too, and just what you go, I really love, uh, like, you know, what, what are the, what are the great conflicts in writing man versus self, man versus nature, man. There's also this one, the Republic versus the council is, is this big kind of uh, conflict that's happening. And, and Tarkin has that, he throws it back in their face, right? You say you're peacekeepers, not soldiers, which is about the rise of Tarkin and his quest for power. And Palpatine is just replacing Jedi in the command structure, uh, left and right. The industrial military complex of the Empire is on full (laughs) display here. They've built facilities. It's starting to look more like Revenge of the Sith. And the Jedi, because they can't find their own place in that, like, hey, well, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have been there anyway. uh, But we don't want to. But now we're losing power. But uh, we can't say that we're losing. That's not what we are. We don't want to. We're not afraid. And and it's just all clouded. And and even Yoda's starting to say that perceptions are clouded right now about everything, about everything. And I think that is the phantom menace of it all, which is what Palpatine is, is so damn good at. And that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, and I love that we are reminded of his larger campaign in that great uh, little speech he gives uh, in the in the court. Right, that he is yeah. he. It reminds us what's at stake in this whole story that he's using fear, the fear that he's created about the separatists, to sway the court, the people, the, the Jedi away from trusting themselves, away from questioning. Uh, his quote is, "And yet, think of all the times we've been fooled by the separatists and how I, how they have." infiltrated the republic and ask yourself is this yet another separatist scheme another way to rip the jedi and subsequently all of us Mm. apart you know it's that's such a great portrait of he has them chasing shadows it is the classic uh he has that every everybody the jedi the republic giving up their principles uh because they're afraid of the scary other what mm-hmm. might that bad other do, you know, yeah. and getting you to do things that you would not otherwise do in the name of fear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so I want to look at this trust versus fear from some other perspectives. Do you want to talk a little bit about Ahsoka herself? Uh, yeah, I think we could do that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there's the the ideas of these big leaps of faith, but uh, beneath that is knowledge versus wisdom, uh, revenge versus justice, and how Ahsoka dances so close to the line. And then Anakin just always wanted to smash, smashes through that line, right? <laughs> revenge versus justice. Um, and so how she initially can't clearly see things, I think, because she wants to get revenge, even when she thinks uh, Anakin left a key card, you know? Yeah. Key card there. Oh, yeah, my master did this. She can't see she's falling further than the trap. So all this, uh, as, as her footing becomes shaky uh, at the beginning and all through this, that's why I think it's so important that she finds it to, to your your, your uh, bigger point there. But of just identity and finding yourself uh, is is where she's heading. And I just love to, I, I kind of love analyzing how it's fallen beneath her at first. 
Yeah, no, I think she's got a really interesting path because I think that's one of the other things that was really fun for me to rewatch in this is, you know, sometimes when we talk about Ahsoka, she can be the sort of um, the Jedi who who never, never stumbles, never loses her path. And I think rewatching this arc of like, uh, no, she does. I think she makes the right choice at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but she has lots of ups and downs. Right. Um, I, I like how much her her doubts are seeded through this like she doesn't maybe even realize how strong they are mm-hmm. <laughs> but she has lots of uh, doubts you know she's got big outrage that the senate is going to get the military police involved in, in you know take it away mm-hmm. from the jedi you know yeah. uh yeah. she is a little distraught by the jedi treatment of the maintenance workers she has that line when they're seeing the living conditions uh, of let a tournament of i would have thought working for the jedi paid better you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she it does have that moment of being tempted toward vengeance uh, on, on letta Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's, she's striving, striving to, to move past those emotions. Like she talks to Barris about, uh, so we have like all these moments, I think in this arc of, of where Ahsoka does have trust and kind of triumphs, uh, but then gives into fear, right? Yeah. Uh, she, she trusts Anakin, but she fears that the rest of the Jedi will not give her a fair chance. Maybe that's a rational fear, mm-hmm. uh, is that, um, that moral points out in, in the third episode, uh, she trusts Barris, <laughs> right? Which she shouldn't, uh, and she trusts Asajj initially, which is this great leap of faith. To your point, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, I'm following my instincts. I sense that you have changed. We have common ground. I'm reaching out to make a connection. Just all of this mm-hmm. triumph in yeah. the relationship between Asajj and Ahsoka. But then Barris successfully manipulates Ahsoka into giving into her fear. And Ahsoka yeah. spends the rest of the arc uh, assuming that it is Asajj. And, and I think right. that's really powerful. There's the plot mechanics of uh, uh, Barris has stolen Asajj's uh, lightsabers and mask. Mm-hmm. But you would think that if Ahsoka had not given into fear so deeply, she would have been able to question. I saw mm-hmm. a person with lightsabers and a mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not see Asajj. But she gives into her her fear that Barris stokes. And yeah. it, and that's, the, that's kind of the moment of failure for Ahsoka in this arc. I think, I, I think it also reflects a little bit on the Jedi council and order if, where the Jedi have trouble understanding why Ahsoka would work with Ventress, right? They all have this kind of like, yeah, but, it, but even in Anakin's maybe got even a little bit of jealousy in a way of just like, well, why, why, why with her? Like why, 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 why is she won't accept my help or she's running from me, but why her? And the Jedi are so blinded by a lot of things going on. Again, these small steps and Ahsoka is able to eventually work through that, but has some great moments. It's, it's kind of this uh, theme of the healing of the abandoned too. Uh, there's just both of them being able to connect over that for, for a bit there. And I think and from Adventurous' side, it's a real connection, right? That uh, uh, she experiences there. So anyways, yeah, I, I agree with you there on Adventurous stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's uh, the, the Ventress Ahsoka relationship here is, is so great. It adds mm-hmm. to Ventress's overall story, but is just woven into this arc in, in a really great way. And I think for me, it's just, uh, it's so powerful to really look at what is actually being said mm-hmm, <laughs> at mm-hmm. the end of this episode and why Ahsoka walks away, right? She's not yeah. like, I've got it figured out. <laughs> yeah. It is about trust. Um, the fact that she says, the council didn't trust me, so how can I trust myself? I think mm-hmm. this is about, yeah, she she knows what Barris did is wrong. I'm sure she's hurt and shocked, uh, but I, I think she's also beginning to perceive that, like, okay, but everyone around me, everyone I've talked to, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, from Tarkin to Leta to crowds outside are questioning the Jedi's involvement in the war mm. and what, the, and if we're becoming something that we shouldn't be. And I think Ahsoka is asking, am I a part of that? Yeah. I don't know. So I have to walk away. And then we have that later arc with the Martez sisters for Ahsoka mm-hmm. to answer that question. But I think this ends on a question, not this defiant. I figured it all out. I'm walking away. It ends on her. Yeah. Not trusting herself, questioning herself. Yeah. There, there's, there's a, uh, this is her life's goal, right? And Anakin says that this is your life. It's his life. It had become his life. And that's sometimes, I think if you just want to talk about these lessons for those watching the Clone Wars, particularly uh, young folks coming up and you got this character, little snips, that's now in this, um, you know, this big, big growth point. It's uh, saying it nicely. Um, it is about finding herself, but the, the journey begins, right? She's going off to find herself. And that's one of the best endings. I could never, I could, I could never have predicted that. I, you know, remember we we're all so concerned what, what's going to happen to Ahsoka. She's got to die, right? She's got to die. That was the conversation for so many years. And this is just such a better uh, way. It's a better, more powerful lesson for, for Star Wars. And in a way, uh, you follow me on this thread too. You, you know, some of the stuff you've, you, you've uh, discussed about last Jedi being a movie that deconstructs what Star Wars is about to ask if it's important. And at the end of the film says, yeah, I guess the stuff's important. Yeah. Um, I think Ahsoka's about to start that own journey, right? Taking all this stuff. These are strange times, Ventress tells her. And ah, Ventress even says, so the Jedi aren't so holy after all. Um, that's almost like we got to remind, you know, we know where Ventress's pain comes. Ahsoka's taking all of this and says the values are sacred to me. And I love that she's going to go figure out the values, not the order, not the structure. What are the values? How do I connect with them? Are they valid? Are the things that we're trying to accomplish valid? And uh, in the end, the answer is going to be yes. But what a what an interesting, uh, powerful way to start that journey. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting way to get back to that point of the values of the Jedi are sacred to me, but I am caught up in not questioning the structure and not yeah. questioning my masters and not listening. I also, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, I feel like there is sort of a, 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 a consequence to her giving into her, her leaning toward vengeance, right? Like um, we see that Ahsoka's angry. Um, she's picked that up or shares that with her, her master, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that <laughs> to yeah. the Jedi. You're, you're going to answer for that. Um, uh, Anakin, we see multiple times in the episode, just using force chokes and using mm-hmm. violence and getting furious. Ahsoka's not there. She displays that desire for vengeance. And there's a part of me that wants to read the arc is that's what gives Barris the idea to frame Ahsoka so that it's not Ahsoka's mm. fault, but she, but her, her expressing, whoa, we're going to get that letter. She's got an answer for that opens the door mm. to what happens to her. Again, I'm not saying it's her mm. fault, yeah, yeah, but uh, because it's it's Barris's fault because Barris did it, period. Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like Barris planned this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a, the scapegoat of Letta. They've got Letta the scapegoat, but now Barris is getting a little worried. And then Ahsoka, her friend, offers herself up on a platter as yeah. uh, as somebody to frame. I love that idea. I'll follow that. I'll follow that headcanon trail. It, it makes a lot of sense uh, because I don't think, um, yeah, I, Barris couldn't count on any Jedi falling this deep into the plan, right? So uh, I, I think you're right. I think it emerged. Uh, she adapted uh, almost brilliantly. I would have had it if it wasn't for those kids uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and succeeds because of that. There's so many similarities. There's that true connection between Anakin and Ahsoka, right? We've, we've seen that the growth that it's uh, 
um, I've heard it described as in tune with each other and they're just kind of really connected. And so, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a, a danger. Maybe Ahsoka has that choice in front of her too, of seeing what Anakin is. Maybe that's a lot of the stuff at the, at the end. Again, Anakin is just like, I can't imagine quitting this baseball team. I'm, I wanted to be a Jedi <laughs> my whole life. And, and how many times in our own lives do we like, I wanted to be part of that. And then once I got there, that wasn't who I was or it wasn't the end of my journey. And so Stepping back to your point of, of Barris kind of seeing that rage, seeing that anger, seeing the clouds of revenge versus justice, and then adjusting on the fly to pull Ahsoka in. And Ahsoka's got to find her way out of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love all of the the comparisons between Ahsoka and Anakin, that they're, they're both very compassionate, but uh, that curdles into something else for Anakin. And they both strive to move past their emotions and not let them turn mm-hmm. into attachment and pain. And and Ahsoka's response is to, oh, I, I don't know where I am, so I'm going to yeah. take a step away. And, and, you know, Anakin could. Anakin could have said, good idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hand in uh, my mm-hmm. badge, my Jedi, you know, yeah. uh, my robes, my water. He doesn't have a Padawan braid to cut off. So he could, <laughs> he'd cut off a little, a little lock. A little lock, a yeah. lock. Yeah. Yeah, but he can't, he can't. I mean, you know, even this whole, this whole situation is Anakin trying to fix something and control something, right? Like, I'll help you. I can fix this. I can fix this. Such that Anakin trade. And even at the end, it's kind of like, no, 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 I can fix this. I can fix this. Where she has the strength to just kind of walk away into the unknown. Yeah. Trusting herself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also think uh, that Barris herself uh, is, uh, is giving into fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think it's so important in the in the little scene that Ahsoka and Barris have that Ahsoka reminds Barris of the fear that she had in the Geonosis arc. I remember when we were watching that Geonosis arc to be like, this stuff is going to come back of like mm-hmm. how much Barris has a, a cooler relationship with her master, Luminara, feels even more uncomfortable in the war, fearful for herself, you know, uh, pretty quick to give up right like she's mm-hmm. asking ahsoka to strike her down when she has the brain worms in yeah. you know yeah. and ahsoka's like having hope and in, in fighting on so like Barris, we know has been uncomfortable this entire war feels you know terrorized by it it so like she there's there's this part of the story where like she is observing true things and expressing true things of the jedi have lost their way and they are perpetuating the dark side by uh fighting this war but it's also a personal fear, right? Of she doesn't like this. She doesn't know how to go forward with it. So she lashes out in this horrific way. Yeah, absolutely. Showing, showing um, maybe unfortunately a, a lack of courage. And, and again, I, and I, I think we're trying to be, we want to be careful to, you know, it's this fictional character, but we don't uh, don't want anyone to so strongly identify with the bears to think that we're attacking any choices in your life. Um, <laughs> but this is a lesson. This is Star Wars putting out, uh, here's how this could go. And, and here's the way you could, you could, you could choose it. It, it, it could be even again, a lesson for, um, for Anakin. You talk about his, uh, his, his bucket of irony, uh, lines there. He's got going <laughs> on collection of irony, but him talking about Dooku and Krell and saying that, well, they, you know, they, they're political idealists, uh, a line we uh, all know well, uh, but, uh, they grew into traitors, right. And that, that, that Anakin's kind of, marking a path here that they all go but it but it, it, it's a real thing that i love palpatine is is pure power and greed uh tarkin uh we go a little bit more in his backstory but yeah he's, he's power and greed but all these other characters even the krells and the dukus start from this real honest spot of i have a question about something and to end up there there i i think it is star wars is talking about those choices i think you're right to point out barris back in the day 
uh, and the ground, groundwork was uh, was there. I'd be so curious to know how far ahead that they had that thought, not in terms of planning <laughs> a show or planning Star Wars, but just as 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 creatives, as writers, going, who do we have? Who have we? Uh, who who has exhibited um, the fear that we need to uh, expand into more of a story? And then there's Barris in that tank. Yeah, yeah. Like when we were stuck inside the battle tank on Geonosis, it was hard not to be afraid. Still, mm. you and I got past it. And like, if this was a comedy, there'd be that awkward laugh from Barris. Like, yeah, yeah, we did. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I like when Anakin is confronting Barris and they're fighting that, uh, you know, she is pretty explicit uh, about these themes of saying, I've learned that trust is overrated. The only thing the Jedi believe in is violence. Violence, yeah. Yeah, so uh, again... Uh, mm. a a truth that it's not a truth it's not the only thing the jedi believe in it's that the jedi have you know uh, allowed themselves to be manipulated into this war where violence is more and more a part of their day-to-day lives mm. uh which barris does not uh, is traumatizing to barris uh, but yeah. i've learned that trust is overrated is uh, i would say that's the sort of <laughs> antithetical yeah. to this like trust is you know is yeah. what people need to work together yeah Absolutely. Again, how you react to this stuff, how you how you how you move on from uh, this stuff. It's just the lessons from Star Wars in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like what you're saying about Anakin. I really like that that line about uh, Dooku and Krell. It it uh, emphasizes that fear, but it also shows that little bit of rigidity that Anakin mm-hmm. has of like Anakin has lots and lots of reasons to question the Jedi. He does question the Jedi. But instead of kind of doing it really explicitly, like every once in a while he says to like Tarkin or whatever, like, I think we should be more forceful. Mm -hmm. Um, But he buries those feelings because he's rigid, right? He says that uh, basically like people who start out as political idealists uh, questioning the order end up turning against it. It's a real beginning of you're either with me or you're against me thinking that he has. And if he wasn't that rigid about the way he thinks about it, he would maybe open himself up to do what Ahsoka does at the end of this arc, which is allow herself to question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, that lack of control fear, right? If yeah. I start, if I, if I really like spaghetti and I start questioning spaghetti, maybe I won't eat it again, or maybe I'll love it more. And you just don't know the open-ended <laughs> nature of it. Uh, and so you just hold on to something and maybe, you know, keep a, Keep a poison in your life that is slowly killing you that you don't know. Uh, from spaghetti to poison, all in one conversation. But uh, now, a great real world example. And <laughs> trying to keep it tame, right? Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right to point out the the, the rigid nature of, of that that belief uh, and how that factors into to Anakin. Again, if he had just taken, been able to take a moment able to give a little bit more of like, I, 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 I'm always, I, I, I'm best when I can fix things versus, um, you know, maybe taking it apart a little bit more to see how you can rebuild <laughs> it stronger. Yeah. And, and she doesn't get a ton of time, but in the short time that she's there, I think it is a great, mm-hmm. um, a great reminder that, that Padme is this paragon of hope, <laughs> trust yeah. and questioning she can question she is not afraid to question she's not afraid of what might be if she questions right yeah um and that is framed in the little bit of political or not uh, uh the little bit of criminal defense <laughs> mm-hmm. that we get uh, where she says why would ahsoka kill letta with a method that would so obviously tie the murder to her so we see padme doing what the jedi haven't been doing is like question it they're just seeing like mm-hmm. Gaddy monday and cc 10 seeing the evidence pile up and going well come on mm-hmm. <laughs> uh instead of questioning and here we get to see padme actually you know yeah. questioning the evidence because that is a pretty 
I think that must be one of those lines that like audiences like, thank you, Padme. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're screaming mm-hmm. this at the screen, you know? Well, I, my, my, it's, I think the, the final theme for me that's in there uh, from the beginning, and then you, I think you're, you're correct to, to bring in Padme for it, is this knowledge versus wisdom. We love our Dexter Diner scene. We love that because uh, so many things, including um, Jabba Juice. But it, this is kind of a core. Like I joke, I joke with people even off air where I'm like, oh, I love the Dexter scene. And why? And I'm like, because it's George Lucas's important statement about the Jedi and the prequels, that whole scene, <laughs> uh, which might be sometimes going to the extreme. But, uh, you know, they've got the search for a killer. All facts point to one thing. Your instincts say otherwise. They're all the way, all their instincts might say otherwise, but uh, it's, they just can't, they can't question enough to, to see through it. It's all about knowledge versus wisdom. Russo, he's got, I love that scene where Russo's got the simple, all the data flashing before him and Anakin's like, <laughs> how do you, how do you, well, that's just simple data. And he's, and he still can't locate the truth. He still yeah. can't locate what he's <laughs> looking for. Um I love all that, and and then how uh, I think I think Padme's got wisdom, uh, respects knowledge, but got got the wisdom flowing. Yeah, and I think that that tracks uh, so much into Revenge of the Sith, where mm-hmm. things are really falling apart, and Padme is wanting to question, like, what if we are the evil that we say we're fighting against? And Anakin's like, no, no. if you even say that, it makes you a separatist, you know. And, yeah, and, you know, yes, he should yeah. have yelled in the film, "What am I, Pong Krell?" We all would have gone, what? <laughs> huh? oh, is some kind of Pong Krell over here? Is that what I think? Is that what you think I am? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be sure to uh, talk a little bit also just about this great uh, idea that goes throughout of other people's sort of perception of what is the Jedi's role. Mm. Um, mm. So obviously that gets framed as, are they soldiers or peacekeepers? Tarkin says it in a, in a taunting way. Yeah. Uh, Letta uh, Termond, who was, you know, complicit in the plot, not, didn't come up with it, but is a part of it. It says the Jedi have become warmongers. They've become military weapons and they're killing when they should be keeping the peace. Uh, Barris's uh, confession, my attack on the temple was an attack on what the Jedi have become an army fighting for the dark side, fallen from the light that he once held mm. so dear. Uh, so everybody mm. is questioning the Jedi, uh, except for maybe uh, the Jedi. <laughs> Yoda yeah. up to it. Uh, yep. Yoda up to an extent. I think a lot of the other Kenobi up to an extent. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of the other Jedi that we see are just, just digging in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like there's this great picture of, um, uh, of, of what happened to them. Right. If you, if you just watch this arc, right. You, you would get that idea of like, well, they gave up their independence by becoming generals. They're now subject to military authority. And that, that mm-hmm. happens again and again with Tarkin taking things away from them. Um, I think Palpatine knows that by isolating the Jedi and taking matters out of their own hand, it makes them feel less in control and more mm-hmm. trapped and more panicked. Um, and I think the fact that all of this builds to this actual visual of Anakin and Barris fighting in all these peaceful places, right? Fighting mm-hmm. in her room, uh, shattering uh, the the window and ending up like, disturbing like literally the peaceful progress of the jedi of the mm-hmm. this nice old master terrace Nube and these younglings who just went on this journey who've just been told they're the shining future of the jedi mm-hmm. and all of it gets interrupted by this just savage horrible yeah. internal fight uh, you know i think it's significant even that anakin you know he's not force choking her but he's kind of force crushing her mm-hmm. against this peaceful yeah tree in the center of the temple it's everything is constructed to show this is how the jedi uh, uh opened themselves to being torn apart from the inside 
Absolutely it is. And, and, and look what's even going on in the Clone Wars series itself. Uh, this question of why are the Jedi fighting the war and how do the Jedi lose themselves? How do we get to Order 66? It's not a, a bunch of plot mechanics. The series, all through it, back to the season one and two, uh, people are questioning the Jedi, right? And it's it's yeah. it's far away. It's outer rim planets. It's little cultures. Why are you here? Uh, it's this and that. And then now in this episode and this season, it's in Coruscant. It's in the Republic. The people are are protesting. They're literally out on the street. They're literally they can, Jedi can't be involved in investigation because well, people heard it's Jedi and they don't like you. And now it's at their front door. And you're so right. The only people who are like. I question it are the ones going, uh, they don't, do they not like our robes? Like, what is it? What is <laughs> our it? poll numbers down? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and through now five seasons, uh, this is what it's, it's, it's the questioning was very distant and now it's right there. It's right there in their doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for me with my, my justice for the Jedi, this rewatch of the Clone Wars report, uh, mm-hmm. uh or rewatch the Clone Wars for Clone Wars report, it really makes me feel like they, they were in a bad place and they made a decision that felt right of, yeah, Dooku is a Sith. That's our responsibility. Uh, the separatists, whatever the individuals from those planets think, the separatist army is grievous and these droids and they are yeah. attacking people and we got to defend people and they're trying to defend hospital ships right and they're trying to defend mm-hmm, planets mm-hmm. and then by the time we get to season four they're invading umbara for tactical <laughs> reasons yeah. they are um you know uh, uh having to go like we talked about in this episode they're having to go the long way around neutral planets <laughs> yeah you know it, and it slides for them from defense to as Bear says uh fighting for the dark side right because Mm-hmm. They can't end this war quickly because they don't know the truth of what's going on. And by just fighting more and more and more, causing more chaos, more pain, more doubt, more fear, they are contributing to the dark side. Yes. Yes. And and I love how you started that of just like, yeah, this, you totally get the thought process. You totally get it. And that's and that's the slow boiling water of, of the situation they're in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some other uh, ideas? Uh, do you want to move on to big picture stuff uh, or any other individual kind of ideas yeah. in this arc? I think I dumped my theme bucket out on the table uh, <laughs> so much there. Um, but yeah, we can go to the big ones if you want to or if you have some left over too. Uh, no, no, no. I think that covered uh, a lot. And there's definitely some stuff. Uh, a lot of this is uh, about, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we talk about like, how does the Zillow Beast tie into the larger story? This one is the larger story. <laughs> this is the larger to story, me, yeah. you know. Yeah. So where do you go with that? Uh, how does this, mm-hmm. the, the themes of this arc reflect larger story and perspective of Star yeah. Wars? There was two big things. Uh, and we're just kind of picking up the ball from where we were uh, playing there in the last round. Uh, the loss of democracy and freedom comes slow and steady. This is George's big thing. This is why he goes back to the prequels. Uh, as well as the Anakin stuff, yes, there's uh, obviously a lot of uh, layers to what he, he was trying to do, and what he, by extension, is trying to have the Clone Wars do. And it and it's uh, it really just crystallized. This is and this is the stuff that uh, I from a distance. If you haven't distance from if you haven't watched these episodes in a while, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahsoka uh, gets expelled from the Order and she leaves. Yep, yep, yep. That, and that is huge. But it all is built on this kind of stuff of of, of George Shaw and. Yeah, and and Felonian team and and Charles Murray, Murray in these episodes picking it up and going here is uh, here's why you know here's 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 the loss here's how it happened it, it wasn't um, 
a fight they lost. It was themselves they lost. And, 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 and that's what we could do if we're not careful. And it's kind of this big point. It's a large, large theme of Star Wars and it's here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, that that is, is so huge in in some ways. Just like absolutely what the story is about. Um, you said some great stuff about Anakin. I, I love how much there are moments of to me, Anakin the hero. I think his he does not lose faith in Ahsoka. Right? He does not question that that he knows mm-hmm. who Ahsoka is, and he does not doubt her for a second. And he is really uh, all of his interactions with Ahsoka herself are so. Uh, kind and and helpful, I think mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and goes through some of the standard questioning of Mace being like, "Yeah, no, you're too close <laughs> to it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and good old Plo Koon comes in and, and helps out there. Uh, so yeah. the, the the contrast between the Anakin who's talking to Ahsoka and giving her good advice that he's going to later uh, uh, fail on, and the Anakin who is uh, that that Ahsoka isn't seeing, who is pursuing her, who's using a lot of choking and a lot of violence in his fighting style. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's so such a great contrast is so who Anakin is. And then I, I think um, the end beat that so much of what Anakin's story is, is it's about his fear of losing Padme. What will happen to him? It is not selfless. Yeah. What do I need to do for Padme or because Padme wants me to it's what will happen to me if I lose Padme and I think there are great shadows of that where um obviously Anakin thinks the the council mistreated uh Ahsoka and and he is Mm -hmm. he fears losing her Mm -hmm. and it's so powerful that she has to say but uh, you know I appreciate that you never Mm -hmm. lost trust in me but this isn't about you direct quote this isn't about you Anakin Mm -hmm. uh and how much Anakin is able to hear that I I don't think a lot I think it's Mm -hmm. he he goes back to that control obsession of like I failed her I can fix it I'll make her lightsabers better (laughs) as we learn he does after this of like I can fix it I can make it better somehow instead of just accepting that I know that she knows that I love her and I know that she needs to figure this out so i'll be here for her when she gets back like obviously there's some of that but there's what internally yeah. he's like how can i fix this how can i control it I, look I'm t- i wrote this uh, quote down too because it's the son of an overprotective mother i want to shout this to the roofs even now at my advanced <laughs> age <laughs> like this isn't about you all those things i get it i think you're so right Justin. i love you i i know you need to trust me i need to go do this and you'll yeah. be okay no matter what happens to me you have to know that you can be okay if, if you choose to try. Um, yeah. And how uh, that, it, uh, it's so tough for Anakin. So tough, which is how Palpatine is uh, able to manipulate him and manip- manipulate him pretty fast after this too. Yeah. He, yep. it is, it's been a slow one, but you know, like the, the, the knife starts turning real big. Yep. Yep. And I mean, in the, the fact that he expresses it, you know, more than you realize, I understand wanting to walk away from the order and Ahsoka's mm-hmm. great. I know, uh, which mm-hmm. certainly is about Padme, but also just knowing, you know, one another and the fact that he doesn't he doesn't go back there and go you know what i want to go on a break yeah (laughs) uh and take this you know how many vacation days do i got yoda look (laughs) okay the outer rim the outer rim sieges are not vacation um other two two things uh one i just want to have justice for obi-wan uh because yeah yeah (laughs) i know he is not ahsoka's best friend but sometimes i feel like people are pretty hard on him and i couldn't remember exactly mm-hmm. what obi-wan's attitude is in this arc 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he explicitly says we need to stand together with Ahsoka. Um, he advocates a couple times uh, that that they can't, you know, mm-hmm. just summarily expel her. Uh, I forgot there was the crucial line that the vote to expel her was not unanimous. Yes. <laughs> so I hold hope that uh, that Obi Wan and Plo Koon voted no. <laughs> I mean, come on, Plo. You you even it, it evoke little Soka. You even say yeah. little Soka. You don't get to do that if you didn't vote for, to keep her. Yeah, <laughs> and then I forgot. There's this great beat of uh, uh, Ahsoka leaves after refusing the braid. Anakin follows, and Obi Wan takes the step to follow too. The the train mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of apprentices and masters and friends, and Plo Koon holds him back. So there you go. <laughs> Justice for Obi Wan. He was he was trying to get involved in help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. Final big picture thing for me, Ken, is um, I don't feel like there is any evidence in this arc that Palpatine had a damn thing to do with this one. But he must have been thrilled, right? Yes, absolutely. This thing goes to one of my favorite things of Palpatine, uh, which is always weird to say. It's, again, sounds like I'm, I don't have a Palpatine jersey on. Um I just love the, it's just so the evilness and the danger of the character. He has a great plan. He does nothing without strategy, but man, he knows how to adjust. When Padme says, I'm going back to Naboo. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, you do that. You do that. Um, uh, and now this one, uh, yes, he's probably in his office. You don't get to see that scene of him going, what a good day. They're blowing the place up and people are protesting. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was looking this up. I think there is there's some uh, reference book that implied that Palpatine had something to do with it. But it, I, I'm just going to talk about the arc. Like, I feel like mm-hmm, Palpatine mm-hmm. has to know, like, on his list of like, oh, oh, this Padme connection is great, great. Oh, he lost yeah. his mother and he went dark. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Obi Wan's going to be a problem, and yeah, he's he's got. I got to get. He's got to lose that padawan yeah. right yeah. uh can't have her whispering in his ear that i gotta somehow curdle that affection between them into something that he fears losing and then i think he's got to be in his office like uh because of all of the horrible dark things i've done this other jedi broke and drove her away <laughs> great Man. he lost another one and i barely had to lift a finger i two- had to show up at the yeah. court it's a two for one sales it's beautiful <laughs> Yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be some storytelling at some point that changes that. But I'm talking about in the arc, yeah, I saw yeah. no evidence that Palpatine was stirring the pot on this one, other than you know being responsible for the conditions that caused it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, any other big thoughts, or should we take a quick break? A quick, quick one. I just want to put it. We did talk about it, but I, I just wrote down this idea of you know when the order is lost, follow the values, and and I think that's something that George and team, but George is about. And I think, you know, I just always go to, goes back to the Jedi conversation of at no point was George Lucas saying the Jedi in concept and theory are bad, toss them away, leave them, believe the, believe the lies of the enemy. He's saying that we need them. And Star Wars says that so many times we need them, but they lost their way. So when they lose their way and you're trying to find yourself and you're taking these leaps of faith and trust and trying to find hope, even though uh, it, it's uh, it's bad, follow the values, follow, follow the stated values and go from there. So that can, um, I think, can track into real life with, uh, like I said before, any any organization that you, you, you're a part of or anything that you've believed in, and the structure seems to be a little wonky. I think go to the core. Go to the core and, and maybe you can reconnect and, and still represent that. 
still represent uh, what a director's guild is supposed to do, even though you're not a part of it anymore, all those kind of things. And I just think that um, we just see it more and more. It's, just, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's in fashion again to just say, ah, Jedi, toss them out. They needed to go anyways. Yeah. And I, I think that this is a, a great justice for the Jedi arc in Ahsoka, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. she... Yeah is somebody who believes in hope, believes in compassion. The Jedi are needed to stand up and, you know, fight back against the darkness and, and defend people, uh, not overstep, not overgrab power, not uh, become a victim themselves to their fear. And Ahsoka stands up and goes, okay, we're doing that. So let me, let me step away and get back on the path of what a true Jedi is. And I do think it's a defense of, uh, of what a true Jedi is, not, a tearing down of everything the Jedi have ever been. Yeah, that line about the values are sacred to to, to me, and she's saying it to everyone. Like that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really happy to have rewatched this arc uh, uh, more recently as we go into uh, seeing the follow up arc with the Martez sisters, where yeah. I think Ahsoka does answer some of these questions for herself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Excellent. All right, we will take a quick break, and we will be back to talk about some of our favorite moments in this big arc. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And we are back to continue our discussion of the big arc, Ahsoka's big choice, the Jedi's big given in to fear. A lot of bigs. Uh, we always like to talk action moments, comedy moments, canon moments. Uh, definitely some action moments in this one. Uh, Ken, so where do you go? What were some of your favorite action moments in this arc? We have to go to the star, which is this wonderful opening sequence on uh, Cato Demodia, and you got the stuff with Ahsoka saving Anakin. Uh, you said so well in your summary, just kind of proving how... Um, where she is, not even necessarily, well, how far she's come, but just like where she is right now. I love all that, but just, it's it's some wonderful Star Wars action, which you kind of need. It pulls you in. It's almost tricking us. You're about, you're ready to get an art. We're, we're, in, we're getting towards uh, Revenge of the Sith time. You, you got even uh, the, the new Jedi Starfighters there. Anakin crashes his right away. Uh, well, not necessarily <laughs> his fault. You got the buzz droids. It's a big, wonderful sequence, and it's okay to uh, also just enjoy it as that, too. A big, uh, a big, uh, big bit of action. Yeah, it is a great bit of action. And I think it's, a, you know, once you get into the episode, that that image of the buzz droids underneath that kind of hits you, at least hit me as sort of thematic. But when I'm mm-hmm. first watching, yeah. like, this is just fun, where Anakin's so cocky and like, being cool, using yeah. the force to blow him off. Like, when are these buzz droids going to learn? They're messing with the <laughs> wrong Jedi. <laughs> In that moment where, uh, where Ahsoka's like, uh, R2, tip your wing. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's so great. It's so great. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. Um. Well, it, it, it's kind of an action moment. Uh, I really love the hologram recreation of the explosion, and they're just walking casually through this carnage. Oh, yeah. And what well, Anakin, Anakin's like, I can still hear the voices. I can still pick. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I can still you hear the moment. screams. I think mm-hmm. feel the screams. screams yeah, yeah. Still screams. Yeah. Oh. That's that's great. Uh, yeah. So uh, where else do you go action beat wise? It's a total small one. Uh, I I kind of I like the character of Leda in a way. I remember liking the character. The, the design is a very modern hat. Uh, it's like she's going to a party in Hollywood here. Um, <laughs> but I just like it's a tragic character. Um, but I just she has this moment where she's getting ready to escape and she sees that citizen and then throws the citizen at Ahsoka. I just thought I just love the beat. It was a real fun action moment. Yeah, no, it, it was good. It was good. And you think for a minute, like, oh, is that, is she going to get away from the Jedi? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. No. no that's uh, yeah, going, going for me into the, the uh, second episode, uh, mm. it's just it, obviously emotionally impactful, but I love all of uh, Ahsoka swatting the stun bolts away in the Same. way they sort of like explode, kind mm-hmm. of dissipate. It, it's just, it's terrifying mm-hmm. and beautiful action. Um, um, mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it as much because uh, there's so much to talk about. But I think another important uh, part of this arc is showing how the Republic has already changed. The mm-hmm. view of the prison isn't just like, oh, cool. It's like the Death Star. Like there's that canon mm-hmm. stuff. But there's the more important like, oh, look at those flags in those statues. Mm. These are images of real life fascism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So mm. it, the fact that the all of the chase is a is Ahsoka, <laughs> yeah. you know, running through these terrifying dark places makes it even more exciting. But just yeah. the visual of those those stun bolts and the swatting them away, so yeah. cool. I know. I particularly uh, uh, 
loved the Sunbolt Blast. Everything about it, the design of it, the sound, uh, the, the way they just kind of poofed out of the sky in a weird <laughs> way. I love that. But no, I, I really think it's important what you're saying too. Of uh, you, like even in the prison, um, the, the the Jedi have no power there, right? Like like they all yeah. got to turn their weapons away. And when Anakin goes back, even kind of his own, you know, he loves the clones. They can't listen. They're not taking. They even have uh, you know the Electro staffs. Um, the Jedi have no power they're slowly being replaced by palpatine and then then the you know the distrust which we were talking about the themes of now now palpatine's just three steps away from going see they were bad it's erased them from history um you just kind of see this way and then you just you know tarkin's uh he got the budget approvals to build all these things that uh we're, it, it's starting to see and uh starting to look like revenge of the sith Filoni, in doing some notes uh, research here Filoni calls this ahsoka escape the most star wars that the Clone Wars series had had been to this point. Oh wow! He says this is and, and, and he describes this. It's stormtroopers chasing a Jedi with Darth Vader hunting down this Jedi. Mm. And I saw that between viewings, and I went back and watched it. And, and hot damn, turns out that cowboy guy had a uh, cowboy hat guy. <laughs> he kind of knows some stuff. Um, it is really it, it jumps out of that. It's obviously a little bit different feel for Vader, Anakin, but but it it is it is the image of it. It's the same kind of thing. These specialized uh, stormtrooper clone troopers chasing this Jedi, and so he and he was saying that both on the cool side of like it's kind of what you would expect, right? These these mm-hmm. armored troopers and the Jedi's fighting them, and then you got the big bad. Uh, we know is going to emerge later, hunting her down. He's the one successfully finding her in the, in the big fugitive uh, uh, tip there. Uh, anyways, I, so in rewatch, I, it's a great sequence for a lot of reasons, and that, I, that it stems from that stuff too. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think you you feel the story in the aesthetic, from mm-hmm. the, the vision of the prison to even seeing those the stun bolts that we know from you know on screen uh, on on big live action screen. We know from A New Hope, it feels like the era is starting to come together. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, what are some other action moments for you? I jumped to, to uh, Barris a couple moments. Uh, the, she's got these two brutal lightsaber fights, but the one with Ahsoka uh, is uh, when they first meet and she's as venturous. Like uh, it's, uh, I don't know, just, it, and, it, and, it, and it made me think about how far Barris is slipping here and talking about the bad choices. This is Ahsoka. This is Ahsoka, her friend, like without a doubt, she's so far gone. Um, she's so far made the choice to go down the path that it turns into this brutal fight. Um, so, but also a, a brutal lightsaber fight is sometimes fun to watch. Oh, it is extremely fun to watch. Uh, yeah, no, I love that warehouse uh, fight. I, I think because mm-hmm. of uh, Barris kind of uh, allowing herself to be brutal and knowing Ahsoka, it feels like a, um, mm-hmm. a very structured takedown of like, I know you're going to try to fight kind of quote unquote fair. <laughs> yeah. And I am going to uh, throw things at you, come at you from behind. There's going to be, there's there's nothing to be honor. It's like, uh, you know, Barris is, you know, rightful, rightfully pointing out that the Jedi have fallen, but she also seems to be relishing uh, being what, what she claims the Jedi have become, right? Like she seems yes. to be in, relishing, I can put on the mask of a, of a Sith and just, you know, tear Ahsoka apart. Yeah, yeah. Jumping to the Anakin fight too, which I have. It's my other big action moment yeah. to discuss. But but she gra- she has those lightsabers, the, the the adventurous ones, and she has that line of like, yeah, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but like, yeah, they look good on me. Like I'm like, wait, are you trying to go Sith? I thought you were trying to prove some other point. What are you trying to do? You've lost you've lost your way. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I think that that story with Barris is just is just fascinating of like, um, yes, uh, you I don't know. It is that weird sort of like uh, hypocrisy thing of you're wrong to punch people. And so uh, I must punch you, <laughs> uh, which is very complicated. Uh, yes, uh, yes. But I'm just using that as a is a simple example of mm-hmm. her seeming to relish uh, the violence. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that last big fight between Anakin and Barris is so great. Uh, I love her window slash as she just goes hurling yeah. toward that window and cuts it and slashes it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and we talked about kind of the thematic uh, power of it, but I love Anakin's like, I remember the tension the first time I watched this of like, can Barris hold her own at all with Anakin when this inevitably goes down and he's got all this anger and like, uh, she seems like she's a good fighter and he is, you know, mm-hmm. kept on his toes. Right. And then it's just when he decides to unleash, it's very Vader. Like it's those big yeah. heavy swings. Like he's putting the force into his arms and he's just crushing her. Right. It's not about, do you know this form? Do you see this coming? It's just like, I'm going to hit your lightsaber so hard, I'm going to break your wrist. Like, it's violent. Oh, yeah. It, it's him tapping into that anger, right? Uh, quicker, seductive, more easy. Uh, you can win a fight. Pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right because, uh, you know, I, I love the fight. And, and Barris is getting some shots. There's that one she, like, kind of when he falls down into the, the training center with the, with the, with the uh, Padawans and the younglings there with Terra Suvi, like, he gets shoved, man. And then it made me think of, like, Vader falling in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, too. And, like, you know, he, he, he gets pushed down uh, or he falls down the stairs and stuff, too. Um, and all of a sudden, yeah, it almost was like Anakin was, like, enough. Enough. Yeah. And, and that's a scary thing, yeah. Yeah, no, it's but an exciting lightsaber fight. Well done. All sorts mm-hmm. of great stuff. Uh, last thing I'll go back for is I did like when Ventress and Ahsoka are teamed up and just, you know, uh, Ahsoka insists on not hurting the clones. And <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty thorough, great uh, elbows and legs fight. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Love that. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on then to moments of, uh, unless there's anything else. No, no. I mean, I, I went kind of general with the big lightsaber fights, but they were just so good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, the lightsaber fights were great. Uh, all the pipes and the barrels being thrown around <laughs> in the warehouse, all the big yeah. swings, the Unetti tree, uh, Tara Snoobay getting his lightsaber out just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case. <laughs> great. Um, so let's talk about comedy, whimsy, weirdness. Um, there are definitely some things that made me laugh, but some of them were the sort of irony. Um, <laughs> yeah. Outside of uh, Russo ISC and the CSI backwards and mm-hmm. got it. Um, uh Outside of him, I don't feel like, or, or, and uh, a, a couple of the, uh, the the citizens of the the lower depths there. There's mm-hmm. some kind of fun moments, but in general, Clone Wars, like all Star Wars, can have silly moments, and Clone Wars can have some extremely silly moments. Yeah, uh, you know, mashed up with the horror. I felt like the silly was pretty light. What did you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And not a ton here. It starts off the banter's great. And even just uh, Anakin saying, no problem. Ah, slight problem. All the buzz droids. Buzz droids seem to bring out, that out in people. Um, <laughs> even the, the Ahsoka, tip your wing. I'll see how bad it is. And then R2 does it. And it, I took it as like a Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, tarantula joke of just like, <laughs> ah. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, the, other than that, I, I laughed. Uh, oh, my God. I didn't even write it down. But um, Yoda says something about the like the chamber of Jud- judgment or something like that. Yes. It's and I so laughed, harsh. I laughed because it's, it's like, whoa, Jedi, <laughs> calm it down. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you also have the theater of shame? Like, yeah, yeah it yeah. sounds really, really rough. Totally. Uh, totally. 
Uh, one thing that made me laugh early on uh, is when R2 appears to die, which is horrible. horrible. Uh, you see the ship exploding and, and Soka gets upset and then R2 uh, flies up and she says, oh, very funny, R2. And then uh, R2 has that smug little chortle. Yeah. Yeah, R2. <laughs> that cracked me up. Uh, saving the day. And uh, of all of uh, Russo ISC's little moments, I really liked that he was like, I was assigned by sunglasses. Mace Windu. <laughs> like that gives it more authority of like Mace Windu, that very serious yeah. Jedi Master. Like, what, what was the, is the CSI Miami key, uh, sound cue, is it, is it the who? Is it? I think so. I get, I, I'm not a big fan of those shows. I have nothing against them. I just haven't watched yeah, a ton of I, them. So. I, I, I'm not either, um, but it was fun. Yeah, no, uh, that that was great. That I, he, I, I laughed, but again, it was one of those things like, the comedy does come from the character truly, but just when he like, we have found Jakar. They, they rush all the way over there. Oh, I meant his hand. <laughs> come on. But I thought it was funny. Yeah, that was great. That yeah. was really, really great. Um, I also, I, I laughed. Uh, I don't think it was intended anyway, but it was just, it, it caught me by surprise when Anakin and Ahsoka are chasing Letta, when Anakin shouts to Ahsoka, Take the high road. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit, uh, it, it was just too on the nose of, he means that literally in the chase and is also predicting the end of this story. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the uh, Twilight Kid, just, uh, you know, the language barrier of uh, press the stop button. Press the stop oh, button. <laughs> yeah. That is really uh, good. And so he's like, I'm off my game. Off my game. Yeah, in that whole chase, uh, when she's down in the lower depths and uh, and uh, clones everywhere—not uh, clones, but of course on security guards at that point—I really liked the uh, the screaming Alina, who is very upset, and uh, the burping hilarious. anaconda. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah. love that. The you know, they, at a certain point, they're just like snakes. Uh, yeah. Snakes are in Star Wars, and they're yeah. they're wrapped around they're poles right. on the train and everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, and yeah, I guess for whimsy, the the final, uh, like an actual Tuka cat finally showing up. Uh, first time oh. we, we technically see it outside of a toy, uh, and I uh, love the you know the, the cat that would become uh, the galaxy's uh, house cat is there. Yeah, yeah, and the the shadow that looks like Ahsoka, I love that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple other moments for me. Um, I liked Ahsoka's line to Barris. Uh, I'm okay if you consider Anakin and a hundred clones on my tail to be a good space to be in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that. Yeah, uh, it's a very good line. In uh, 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 probably the they, I think the thing that is was intended to be funny that was the funniest to me is after Ahsoka really it says Asajj, you can't you know, kill these clones mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of them are laying there moaning and Sasha says, see, didn't kill one. It's the new me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The banters. I don't want to fight. I do. I just, they're a fun comedy duo. They're a fun comedy yeah. duo. Fun comedy duo. And Asajj has always had that sass. So I'm glad that that mm-hmm. was really captured here. Mm-hmm. Uh, other moments for you. Uh, that is, I think it, I, I can't forget. I, I put an Ahsoka quote of just, oh no, but it's in the second episode. I can't remember what it is, but it's one of those ones that's not intended to be comedy, but just the, the, the delivery of it is, uh, is, is interesting. It's fun. And I want to shout out here too. Uh, let's think about uh, Ashley Eckstein, uh, obviously so um, memorable and associated with this role. Going back to the original point of like these four episodes to kind of show the maturation of the show and the maturation of Ahsoka, her voice work towards the end, like, 
it's a little, it's like, it's like a little deeper. It's a little somber. It's just bigger. It's, it's more adult Ahsoka and it comes through and, and that, that journey from snips to this is, is, is pretty clear, but I, I just thought of some of Ashley's uh, best work. Yeah. And I so love that Anakin does call her snips at one point, which mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. really uh, makes you flashback to, you know, very young, very unsure Ahsoka, you know? Yeah. 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 A uh, couple other, uh, two other comedy moments for me. Uh, th- we'll talk more about the Jedi Temple guards, but I love when they are trying to intervene in the fight uh, between uh, Barris and Anakin and they say, cease hostility and then ignite four blades. <laughs> uh, and I put it in comedy. I'm sorry. Uh, Mace's, that was your great trial. Now we see that. Like <laughs> the actual point is the, the hubris of we didn't stop to question and but it's just one of those times where i feel like often the jedi are right to say let's uh let's go with the flow let's see let's question and listen to the force let's meditate let's listen to our instincts uh, now we see that was the will of the force uh but this felt like mace windu's a total uh i meant to do that it's, it's- <laughs> Even watching, like I remember seeing it the first time, being like, "That's ah, this is a little wonky," uh, but it, I, I love it. I, I watched the scene like four times this morning just to see. Every, even Yoda, like ah, Jedi, you will be, yeah, like like everyone. It just it's it's embarrassing, Jedi. It's embarrassing, it really. As you expect, Kiyoti Wendy to lean in and go, "We can paper this over, can't we, Ahsoka?" <laughs> oh, forgive and forget. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> that is it's, the uh, Jedi way. Yeah. But it's yeah, the point. I yeah. get, we get the point. We had these big discussions of theme, but I also was laughing. You're absolutely right. It yeah. Counts. And it I counts. also think is that, that some of that philosophy was kind of uh, built up with the uh, Asajj. You know, I meant to uh, compliment her more. Like she takes a leap of faith uh, to your your point uh, uh, with mm-hmm. Ahsoka, right? Believing that Ahsoka actually will try to get her pardon. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge leap of faith. And, mm-hmm. and at one point she says, uh, yeah, I'm going to trust you for now, but I'm just going to go, uh, you know, with the flow. She says something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but like that's actual, you know, uh, yeah. being responsive to the moment, you know, as opposed to Mace's last minute uh, trial. trial? trial? <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. All right. So we are going to move on then to canon lore connections to other stories. You ready to dive into that? Absolutely. Okay, so I want to just start off with uh, with a couple of the big things, because uh, there's a lot of big things and lots of little sm- small fun things. Uh, but Barris Offie's fate. Mm-hmm. Um, I double-checked on good old uh, Wikipedia, and this is the last we know of Barris Offie uh, officially. Mm. Um, mm. And, of course, people have suspected over the years that she's going to be an inquisitor and is this inquisitor that we get introduced to is that going to be bears offy which mm. always has felt to me like a logical place that bears offy would go mm. um but uh, I, i'm just uh i have some thoughts and some theories but first i want to just throw it out to you how do you feel about this the unknown nature of bears offy's fate and that she hasn't popped up in a logical role of an inquisitor that, that we uh know she rescued grogu now yeah um <laughs> Uh, I well, it's interesting. I I am more intrigued by the idea of redemption for her now. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I I would love the idea, and there was a strong rumors, right? Strong rumors were popping up that uh, she she would appear in in uh, in that role somewhere, someplace. It does make sense, right? Um, but um, I don't know. I, there's just something about 
the idea. Uh, I want her to be held accountable. I, I like that idea in life of people being held accountable for the decisions. But Star Wars is also um, this morality tale about uh, and redemption's at the key of it. If she's captured or if she's imprisoned there, and Order sixty six happens, and she breaks free, and 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 instead of going, yeah, you're right. I want to I want to put the, the 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 knife in the heart of the Jedi Order myself. Of instead goes no, they're they're destroying what uh, the, the values that I actually once held dear. I'd love to see it turn around, uh, and I would love to see her rescue Krogu. All right, I don't I don't have a, a, a strong opinion about that, but uh, that's kind of where I would like to see if, if they're going to use the character again. Knowing Dave, like we do, he loves those characters that uh, could be brought back in with great impact. So it could make yeah. Sense. Yeah. So I, when I was looking it up, uh, there was a quote in Wikipedia from a Clone Wars panel. I can't remember in what convention, but uh, one of the, you know, the things we were going to do with Clone Wars, um, that she was originally written to die in the last episode of this arc. Mm. Uh, but Filoni wanted to keep her alive because he had plans for the character, um, <laughs> which really yeah. makes sense to me because I kind of feel like if um, if somebody was just looking at, hey, we got this Inquisitor story. Mm-hmm. She is perfect to be an inquisitor, right? You can mm-hmm. imagine. Well, she, right, she got thrown into uh, into prison, and then when the Jedi have fallen, and Palpatine is going, "Hey, I want to take some Jedi who are on the edge and break them." Like, well, she's already close, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I feel like there is a that makes me feel like there's a very good chance to see her in live action uh, yeah. eventually with Ahsoka, and I think that it it is um. Mm-hmm. I think that she's got to be tied to Ahsoka's larger arc. Yeah. Well, because c- she has, uh, this isn't a one-time deal, right? She's shown up a few times and it's always around Ahsoka. And they're always kind of same age, skill level. You know, they're, they're, they're coming up the ranks uh, in, in, in the same, at the same time. So I, I've, I've always taken it as that. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah, yeah, because he's like I think even in one of the um the the Mandalor art of Mandalorian books we were looking at, there's that quote of like, well, Ahsoka was off the table as somebody who would actually train Grogu because mm-hmm. I've got other plans for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we know that's just one example. We know that I think Filoni has a big picture view of Ahsoka's fate. I think you know, I don't mm-hmm. know how much storytelling is left. I don't know how many seasons of Ahsoka there might be. I think Ahsoka is ending up in Mortis eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe Barris is coming with uh, somebody who has <laughs> dabbled in the dark side. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, but excited uh, to see Barris Afi's return and excited that there is kind of a larger picture for it. it very excited to this idea that she could represent so many things. She could mm-hmm. represent uh, redemption. She could uh, represent, like, I was right. I was always right. She could, Barris Afi could be the in-universe version of, no, I the, the story is the Jedi are bad and they've always been bad. Right, right. <laughs> they shouldn't have taken me from my family. Like, she mm-hmm. could represent that as well uh, is really exciting to think about uh how she could be uh what mm-hmm. stories could be told with the character really agree absolutely uh okay so moving on i, I got this big category here of canon stuff called jedi business because there's <laughs> so much I'm, I'm gonna run down it and then we can decide what we want to talk about because there's okay. so much um uh the revelation that just regular people have day jobs at the jedi temple love it <laughs> Right. Like uh, uh, Steve, Steve mm-hmm. fills out some forms and goes through a lot. And then yep. uh, I love that quote from uh, 
from Lada, do you have any idea what someone has to go through to work in the Jedi Temple? Uh, <laughs> we get some actual uh, spoken dialogue from Sin Dralig, uh, the Jedi based on, of course, the uh, sword master of the prequels. Uh, uh, that's so great there, uh, Nick Gillard. Uh, this is the first appearance of the Jedi Temple Guards. We'll be yeah. featured more prominently in Rebels and just an amazing, amazing design. Uh we saw these this sort of Jedi uh, tomb ceremony when Obi-Wan had his fake death, but here we see it with actual mm-hmm. death. Right. Uh, it, as you pointed out, the wonderful Jedi Chamber of Judgment. We've <laughs> uh, already been joking about this, of course, but um, Terrace Nube training the younglings from the Gathering Arc. Very fun to see them again. Yeah. The name check of Dooku and Pankrell, of course, which we've talked about a lot. So we could just get to see a lot of different aspects of the Jedi and opinions. Out of all this stuff, uh, what were you intrigued by? Um, I the more the day to day functions of the Jedi at this time, the Temple. And it's you know as as we uh, keep going farther and farther into the High Republic era just seeing the, the Jedi functioning. I, I love the idea of uh, civilian employees with some high level clearance and what, what has to, you have to go to get to, to that. Um, I've always been obsessed with the Jedi and temple guards. So I love seeing them. And I love that this is, I forget that this is the actual debut of them uh, and run around because I, I'm like, they're Jedi, but how do you get that role? Do you want that role? Uh, we see how it ties to the grand inquisitor. I just, you're a Jedi, but you're not allowed into the library, so to speak. You know, a lot of that stuff with the Inquisitor. So uh, I, I think I go to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I love seeing, yeah, the function, the day-to-day function. I, the Jedi Temple Guards are so great. This is such a great arc to mm-hmm. introduce them because on one uh, uh, on one hand, it, it, it's so great, this idea of, like, you could diversify. Like, not everybody is meant to be a Jedi Knight. Some are, you know, right. archivists. Right. You know, uh, some are fully trained Jedi, but they really function as diplomats specifically. And mm-hmm. uh, some are guards and, you know, uh, all these uh, different ideas of what a Jedi can be, you know. Uh, so on one side, it's like, oh, it's it's great. It, there, there are options. And of course, uh, security is needed. And of course, with an ancient organization, you have traditionals and traditions mm-hmm. and ceremony and symbols. But in this time, in this specific arc where the Jedi are leaning into what they know, their traditions, their rules, the Jedi Temple Guards come off as so rigid, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, we don't even see their faces, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that they are covered and just enforcing the rules. Regardless yeah. of the spirit, they're enforcing the rules and ready yeah. to ignite those blades. Like, no fighting in the halls. Blades ignite. <laughs> <laughs> no fighting in the war room. Yeah, but look, you know, you, you got to protect those windows, man. It's a lot of glass to clean up. Very, very valuable and still unclear exactly where the Jedi get their money. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, for you, we've talked a lot about this line in Star Wars between uh, the fantasy where it's uh, it's an ancient Temple, uh, mm-hmm. temple where warrior monks meditate and debate and it's that's all high fantasy but then you're getting down to the point of like okay what kind of forms do you have to fill out to mm-hmm. work there it, it, it's really tipping into that sort of hyper realism where like does anybody have like a, a magazine kiosk that they run yeah, for the jedi right. temple like it can really tip into the realism side of star wars does that bother you at all no i oddly enough enjoy it like i'd love to see a jedi snack bar uh, I think that's why oh, for, for years, I think Jocasta knew is one of those first uh, coming out of the prequels, one of those first little trivia answers. Even now in 2022, you'll say uh, the Jedi librarian Jocasta knew and people will be like, what? Jedi have a, have a li- librarian? Like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, 
Yeah, they have a library. You saw that film, right? Uh, I, I love that stuff. It doesn't distract from uh, the, the fantasy for me. It's not too real. It's fun to get lost in that kind of stuff. This is why I love, again, going back to Dexter, I love that Obi-Wan's got a restaurant he hits up. <laughs> like, fascinated by that stuff. It just makes, uh, for some reason, it just helps the, help, helps the fantasy out even a little bit more for me. Uh, yeah. I get lost in the daydream of it, and it, and it doesn't distract. Yeah, I feel that way too. I think for me, it's about kind of ha- how it's handled. Like I know mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Dexter's Diner, that's the reason some people don't like it is because it feels too real, real world. It feels too cheeky. It feels too much like a 50s diner. Yeah. I'm not affected by that. I'm affected by all the the ideas uh, yeah. that are there. And I feel like th- that's the way I feel about this too. If it was if mm-hmm. it was too cheeky, you know, if it was kind of making a joke out of uh, yeah. they have to, it's a real long, the taxes. Wow. Like if they made a joke out of it, I may be would be like, eh, okay. But this is so embedded in the story and this idea that like uh it's not just the Jedi who have who are fighting a war, that they've become generals. They're a part of the machine of war. And these people right. are working there and vulnerable because the the Jedi are making them vulnerable by being a part mm-hmm. of the war. Yeah. Oh God. And they, yeah, they, and and they're 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 the, the, the civilians have the trust in the Jedi and there's an example of, of why it's destroyed and, and the bigger themes in the episode. And to the point too, like I I like you mentioned how the Jedi get paid. That's a fun question I love to laugh about and love to even think about. Like, where where's the money? What's going on? Who's got the James Bond credit card here? Um, I just never get hung up on it. And that's where I think it, it can tip into that, where if you let that distract you. Like, uh, you, know what, you know what I think? I thought about it um, in this episode because Ahsoka's in uh, a jail cell, uh, Satine and Almec. There's never a refresher in those jail cells. <laughs> and I'm always like, well, how? But then uh, that's about the end of the conversation with them. Yeah, yeah. It, I think that's it. I love realism when it adds to the story. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with fantasy being like, we, there's not a narrative reason for there to be a potty in there. So there isn't. Yes. That's why. Because the story doesn't need a toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so moving on to other things, we could talk about all the Jedi stuff forever because there's such great stuff there, including the Chamber of Judgment. Um, great quote from Anakin, a part of the Anakin Irony Collection. Uh, Remember, revenge is not the Jedi way when mm-hmm. Ahsoka is getting a little angry about Leta. Uh, but that's a pretty direct uh, connection to what Vader says to Ahsoka when they're fighting on Malachor, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is. That gets her to respond, I'm no Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I right. thought that was a, that was great uh, to see those connections mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. so, so uh, numerous between Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Um, moving on to some other uh, smaller things. Uh, the buzz droids. Uh, mm-hmm. I love that we're getting closer to Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but as R2 started fighting them, I remembered like, okay, is this going to be cannon breaking if he knows to hit them in the center eye? <laughs> I thought that too. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and he doesn't, right? He doesn't. He, he, doesn't. he learns that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the war planning scene, a very brief scene uh, where they name check some known systems, uh, the mm-hmm. Noet system and moving to Seleucami. So that mm-hmm. was uh, mm-hmm. great to hear those uh, combinations of planets from the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy. A lot of known clones, uh, Commander Fox, uh, yep. who we're going to spend some more unfortunate time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oddball, apparently the only clone pilot, because he always comes up when <laughs> he's the only one. <laughs> when people are flying, no, he's, it's, he's always a, It's like a G.I. Joe. You had Ace and Wild Bill. They're the ones that flew every G.I. Joe plane for a while in helicopter. <laughs> I'm sure there are many more in all the stories, but I love that Oddball pops up as the, the go-to pilot. Uh, Commander Wolf uh, being with the wolf back, obviously that's yep. that's great to see uh, his history with Ahsoka. Yep, yep. <laughs> Given that he he lives on. 
this was a really fun one. Fun in a terrifying way. Uh, I loved how much Tarkin's uh, interrogation moves towards Ahsoka were, you know, the same as his interrogation mm. moves towards Leia. The angles of the shot, the mm-hmm. leaning in, the advancing, the, the chin grabbing, chin, all that yeah, stuff. Chin, chin grab, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we talk about it a lot of times when Anakin has lines he says later on. It's not just a funny reference, it's his repertoire. And uh, Tarkin's repertoire is uh, evil. Evil, yeah. Is, is is that one for you? Is that like two? Is that two on the nose, or is it like you know that's no, that's no. that's his moves? Those are his moves. That's what he does. I, I, I think, yeah, I know it's it's his moves, man. And and I think um, you know early on we talked about you know uh, even floating and Henry Gilroy say first two seasons were, oh my god, we get to work on a Star Wars show. Can we make a lot of references? And Clone Wars matures past that. And so anytime it does uh, things like this, it, it's with great purpose, and and I just love it uh, for the character of Tarkin. Um, and, and what it means for the, the evil in the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I feel the same way, and it, mm-hmm. this is such a big Tarkin uh, making the push. Um, a couple other things. Uh, it's fun to see Massifs on Coruscant. Uh, they, those, yeah. those space doggies get around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoda has a luminous beans line, which is, is great. I think that's uh, part of his repertoire. That's his belief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Tim Curry's full premiere is Palpatine, right? Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. On on uh, not including that one line that we talked about uh, last episode. Yeah. Uh, we we also went back to a great uh, early Clone Wars tradition, which is to show Mon Mothma but give her no lines. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We have, it, we we see Bail Mon Mothma in Rio Chuchi in the gallery at the trial, witnessing the breakdown of the Republic. Which I really like that because it is just that reminder of like almost all the power players are in that room yeah. right and it's in this plot it is ahsoka on trial but it is really like all of it's setting up where everything is going all of the major players are in that room 100 yeah. percent. yeah and last thing for me that i wanted to ask you about is this has a this arc the final episode has a different ending than almost every Clone Wars episode. Uh-huh. Instead of the uh, the circle dissolve uh, or circle wipe, uh, we have a somber fade out. How did yeah. that hit you? Uh, it's really effective. Uh, it's really effective. And this is not information I knew. I did I did uh, look up Filoni's video on this. It's pretty funny. <laughs> he hates the circle out. It has always hated it. Uh, he's, he said that, uh, yeah, it works fine for some episodes, but a lot of times I felt it was so jarring that you, you have this emotional ending and then that damn circle out where just the music blasts <laughs> you in the face and you're just like, nah. So he did this one. He knew he, and then he tricked kind of George. They sat down to watch the, 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 uh, on, you know, the computer there, the, the rough cut of the episode, the color. And he just, and he just didn't tell him. He just did that. And then George was convinced. All right, let, you can go ahead and do that here. Ah. <laughs> uh. I love that story. I think it really, really works. I think the circle works. And I think they make it work a lot of times by having a conversation. And like, it, it, first yeah. it starts is such a shout out to the movies. And a lot yeah. of times, like, yeah. like there's that pretty early arc where they're kind of unnaturally posed, like for a family portrait at Sears, <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, but then they do a really good job of adjusting mm-hmm. it to uh, there's a rough conversation and people kind of nod their heads and walk away and they give them a couple beats and then it comes in. Yeah, I would um, agree. And this and that would have worked here, but I think the somber fade out really yeah. marks it as this is a signal. Mm-hmm. If the spine of the Clone Wars is Ahsoka, the many other yep. stories and characters, but the spine is Ahsoka, it's important that this beat be unique. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 one of my favorite moments in Star Wars for a lot of the the reasons we're discussing here. What it looks like, the feel, the set, the colors, the the the, the sky, uh, Kiner's music. It, it's done with a, a an orchestra, which normally Clone Wars wasn't for budget reasons more than anything. They uh, he, he went to Prague and did the whole big uh, oh, wow. orchestra, so that's why the music feels bigger. So everything about it, it needed that, it needed that, and and I and I like that. Um, all Dave jokes aside, really love that. Yeah, that tortured. Uh, a string version mm-hmm. of the force theme yeah. is so so powerful really, really well done mm-hmm. uh was there anything ultimately in this arc that you disliked or questioned i you know i i don't know how you could have you know there's you could have figured out i guess i don't know but uh it, it's a different episode it's about the jedi it's about ahsoka it's about anakin a lot of action a lot of forward moving uh parts there so th- these were smooth episodes uh, you mentioned it like Padme shows up and kind of helps uh, try to save the day. Uh, decidedly, you know, just lack of Padme in this season. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, you know, it's something we're always tracking and and uh, we, we love Padme and, and love. And, and when she shows up, it means a lot. So we take what we can get. But uh, even, you know, going to season seven, uh, I remember they said they added some that some of that stuff with her because they knew we didn't have a lot for her. And that's just, uh, you know, uh, tragic in its own way about Padme, the great character. Yeah, true. I know. I really agree with that. I'm glad that the beats that she has in mm-hmm. this are so, so powerful. Like you, the audience have been, you know, uh, you're, uh, you know, uh, diminished, you're underground, you're in the pipes, you're caught in a yeah. rainstorm, you're uh, all of your heroes, you're feeling like, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make a better choice and question things. So then when Padme pops up, it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's very relief, effective. sunshine. Yeah, and I don't, ha- I don't have the answer for it. Like, I don't know. Do you cut back to you know Anakin going to Padme saying, like, "Here's what's going on," and she has some thoughts on it, which would have been wonderful thoughts. Uh, would that be too similar to some of the beats that might come up in Revenge of the Sith? But could you start that there? I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not saying uh, this was done wrong, but you know, we just love Padme. We love Padme. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great thing. Um, I think for me, uh, I love the way that this is constructed to, you know, hold back the Barris reveal. And I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. has kind of different opinions on how much you can guess it's Barris or not on your first viewing. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mind gone going a little deeper on on Barris's collapse. Like her, mm. there's there's the power of um, her reveal, just shouting in front of you know, in this court in front of everyone. Right, right. <laughs> Mon Mothma, Mace Windu, Palpatine, everybody shouting. Like, and, and does that does that one even make Palpatine a little nervous? It's like, a little, a, little, a little too close to accurate there, kid. Yeah. Um, there is that power, but I wonder if there's a way to have gone just a little bit deeper on, you know, uh, uh, how she, if there was any attempt to rationalize this, right? If she wanted, if she thought that, when the violence comes to Coruscant and it's literally at the Jedi's feet and the, mm-hmm. the Jedi appear to be responsible for this death, then, then the people will cry out more. Like, did she mm-hmm. see that protest and go like, great, this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Did she plan to continue doing this or had she just really, you know, broken and, and, and was going to keep, you know, lashing out out of her mm-hmm. own pain and violence. You know, I yeah. think there's a little bit, uh, hopefully future storytelling can kind of explore a little bit more of the next beat. Yeah, yeah, with her. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and, and you would yeah. need, you'd, you'd want to, not need to, you'd want to if you're going to do more with this character, yeah. Yeah, I think it's also for me, like, uh, Luminara being a little bit more cold uh, mm. comes in around the edges everywhere, including that Martez arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? right, yeah. And I feel like that is a part of the story of, like, Anakin and Ahsoka. Everybody kind of looks at them with a side eye because they're, you know, because they're so bonded, you mm. know? 
but that is maybe one of the things that Anakin and Ahsoka did that was great in mm. Luminara's mentorship of Barris is to be critiqued. And, you know, I wonder if there would have been room to, to uh, put some of that on display of mm. Barris yeah. feeling, you know, the part of, part of her dislike of the Jedi being a lack of connection to Luminara. Uh, uh, yeah. Again, yeah. Again, these flow so well. I know what you're, I really agree with what you're saying and hopefully we can yeah. get, get that, um, Elsewhere, maybe that's the 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 monologue we get from Barris and Ahsoka, Chapter Two. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so not a big criticism. I think these yeah. are the kind of things I would have pitched in the writers' room, and then would have probably agreed, like, yeah, but the episode's more powerful if yeah. we don't go into that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally get you there. Yeah, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? I made a note. Uh, the the uh, uh, I did the trivia gallery and I had to do a freeze frame on my computer screen and try to uh, blow it up to confirm it. Uh, there's a great canon connection uh, of in the in the jail cells. It's it's Poggle, Watt Tambor, and General Lothsam. Really? Yeah, and it's on on the CCTV there, and. Uh, and other, among others, but yeah, I, 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 just, I just love that. And of course, in Pago Lester, that kind of factors in this stuff with Catalyst and 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 Krennic and everything, and and when he was captured, when he was released, all that kind of stuff. It's it's I love that little detail. Oh yeah, it's gonna, plays in with Watt too. Like yeah, who, who's gonna get out of here yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, in loathsome. Oh, yeah, general loathsome. going back to the very <laughs> beginning. Oh, that's great. Uh, final thing for me is just th- this is one of those fun episodes or fun arcs uh, to watch when when you know it right. I I, yeah. I haven't rewatched it in a while, so I forgot that uh, <laughs> Barris walks by and checks out uh, Anakin interviewing uh, Letta early early on in the yes. first episode, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like just a background extra, like mm-hmm. oh yeah, Barris they they've got the asset for her. No problem. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, if you could have a figure or merch of any kind for this arc, who or what do you want? So there's the I want a figure and I want an art piece. We I need the art, and who knows? Maybe it's on Etsy or something like that. Someone's done it independently. I need the art hanging on uh, Jakar's wall, which is like the oh. Star Destroyers and like a planet. Not the Death Star, but it's it's a great piece of Star Wars art. Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it's got some Mandalorian influences. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a little a little angular uh, mm-hmm. for Mandalorian art. Yeah, uh, I I'm glad you noted that. That was so cool. Yeah, if you hang that in your living room, and people who get that, they know Star Wars. That'd be a good litmus test. Jagar's <laughs> oh, yes. art. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and then I, I just want a simple figure request here, man. Uh, I want uh, the massive handler, which is Sergeant Hound, and the massive Grizzer. Uh, love the design. Uh, a friend of mine is a, a canine handler uh, for law enforcement, and just lo- I love uh, I love uh, the doggies, and uh, I love Grizzer, and I love the design that helmet that has Sergeant Hound has, um, which I love that nickname. That someone's like, "You're you're Sergeant Hound." Is that it? Because I have a hound? Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's why. Um, I love everything about it. So, uh, and all you know, we always get the wonderful clo- uh, clone collections of figures. They're easy to remold, repaint. Uh, give me that one. Yeah, yeah, and give us Grizzer, right? That's yeah. the massive's name, Grizzer. Grizzer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just straightforward action figure request. Uh, uh, I don't think this has been made, but Bounty Hunter Asajj with the great helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, and uh, the the shoulder pauldron thing with the the snaky look. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, and then I need a full, expensive. Has lab purchase where you can uh, uh, campaign uh, mm. to get the Jedi Chamber of Judgment. <laughs> oh, you gotta have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be the first on your block to judge your Jedi kids. You yes. can 
put any Jedi you want in the center there and have all of their peers leer down on them. He's got to yes. come with like heavy lighting, everything for the yeah. Chamber of Judgment. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is uh, we can go into season six, episodes one through four, mm. uh, the inhibitor chip discovery. That sounds more fun than it is. Right. Another uh, important and heavy arc. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? When you are trusty, uh, having trouble trusting the ecosystem of the podcast industry, uh, just cling to your podcast and broadcasting values and you'll find your way forward. Oh, beautiful. Something that we all need to hear. Uh, can you tell people where they can find us? Absolutely. We're the Force Center podcast feed. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod, Instagram and YouTube as well. On April 8th, we'll have our next live Q&A episode with cameras and faces on our YouTube channel. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can uh, get a free audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And uh, you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Podcast available in a lot of different spots, including uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, just search and you'll find us. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com. And Joseph, where can they go find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out all of my other comedy and life adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Grizzard the Massive, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.